Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive, and this is episode one. I'm so excited, and I'm excited for a couple of reasons. One, to kick this off, and Lessons Learned in Marketing is going to be a weekly podcast talking to business leaders and marketers about the challenges that they're facing and the lessons that they've learned in marketing. I love to hear your feedback, so please drop me a note. We kick off with an old friend and a former client of Phoenix Group, Trevor Boquist of Bennett Dunlop Ford. Good day, Trevor. Thanks, David. Always a pleasure to be in your company. Well, thank you. And likewise, um, I'm very curious about how businesses start and uh, how they end up succeeding. And I wonder if we could start by just uh, kind of talking about Bennett Dunlop Ford and uh, the Driving Change Automotive Group and how it started. How did you get started in there? Well, I think for me, um, obviously, uh, getting an opportunity, uh, I mean, I grew up in the car business, and so uh, that to me was uh, was fairly normal. But moving back to Saskatchewan, uh, getting into Regina and taking over uh, Bennett Dunlop was obviously um, uh, a dream I've had since I was uh, quite a bit younger to, you know, to own a car dealership. And so that's how that took place. And Mr. Bennett, Mr. Dunlop were getting ready to retire, so they um, uh, had, uh, in which we knew them well, and I was in Toronto working, and so they decided uh, to uh, reach out to see if I was interested in moving back. And so that's kind of how, you know, got your foot in the door and was able to give them a down payment and then buy them out over a period of time. Uh, they had retired and I had taken over, but uh, they financed that buyout. So it was a great opportunity for me, a great opportunity for them. And uh, that's kind of how I got back in Saskatchewan, which was great being close to my family and uh, got the opportunity to uh, be at Bennett Dunlop. And I'm sure there's lots of, lots of pieces that uh, help a business like this succeed. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about marketing and, and that would probably start with like who, who, or how much do you need to attract to keep a business like this growing and attract and, and building? Cause you have many different lines of business too. People might not realize like there's new car sales, used, used cars and, uh, the service department. Um, what is it, what, what are those audiences and, and how many, how do you, how much do you need to keep the place growing? Yeah, I think a car dealership is a little bit unique when you start to talk about marketing or, or playing that out because it's a, uh, you know, you end up with kind of four or five businesses, uh, possibly six within a business. And so they're all customer facing. You're right. You've got uh, from uh, selling an automobile, servicing that automobile, even doing that servicing in a way that is uh, more uh, what I would call retail friendly, quick and getting you in and out to the body shop business, uh, accessories for your automobile. And then we have a car uh, detailing uh, center as well. So, you know, a number of different things that you're trying to have to have the customer understand that you're actually in those businesses. Um, I think from, you know, our perspective is, is uh, from the day I got here, it was all about how do you make the team within the organization feel great, feel uh, really good so that they'll provide, uh, you know, a really good experience to the customer. Because I think if they feel good coming to work, they naturally are going to, you know, share that with the customer. But then on the other side of that is, is how do you go out into the marketplace, be able to, with whatever that 
image was before, how are you able to kind of create um, the the image that you want to portray, make sure that not only you do that well, but then when the customer actually visits you, they actually get that feeling that you're trying to per- portray in the marketplace. And so I think for us, uh, very early on, it was how do you come up with a bit of a you know, a bit of a marketing mantra or a slogan or something that allows everybody to understand where it is you're going, paint that picture, but then it's easily kind of identifiable to the customer as well. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm not that smart to be able to figure that out. So yeah, I had, uh, you know, we had to get some help in order to do that. And, uh, you know, and so that's kind of where we, we headed. And now you have a lot of, uh, within all those different businesses, does that mantra or that idea, I guess, brand, uh, kind of uh, flow through all of them? Yeah, I think we were very lucky early on to um, be able to have, um, you know, our mantra of driving change, um, you know, uh, be created that that as we described it, it was able to carry through all of our areas of our business. And so for us, um, driving cha- change meant that we were we were moving forward. We wanted to do things differently, uh, and more importantly, we were we were really focused on changing the way that we did things with the consumer. And so, a it was it resonated with our own team, but we also had customers coming in saying to us, "Geez, it does it does feel different. This is great. It is unique." And uh, we were one of the first uh, car dealerships in Regina to be in what we called the quick service business, where you could get in and get out with an oil change in kind of under 30 minutes. We also opened up our own car detailing center, which no one really had before. And uh, we also had taken a much more friendly approach to selling cars, which was just, you know, how do we get to know that customer, really get to understand their needs and wants and move them into an automobile in a really non-pressure uh, environment that, that, you know, was good for them and good for us and an overall great experience. So you talked about um, you worked with different partners to build this brand or this, um, I guess, the marketing of it, not the the brand necessarily. You worked with agencies, you've worked with consultants, and you've done uh, a lot to build your own team. Today, um, of all the media that's out there, what is the best way that you find to reach your audience? You know, that's a really good question. And uh, I think if I was much smarter, I'd probably be in that business, uh, (laughs) knowing that. I, I think You know, different medias do different things. And I think over time, there's been a lot of evolution in that. We we would find ourselves today in very little print media period. We still will do uh, what we would call a flyer uh, drop in certain areas of the city uh, that allow us to kind of reach, you know, a customer that's maybe just really looking for a really super good deal and if we've got something going on that we think is really good we can we can still target that some way in a in a bit of a flyer drop although we find that starting to even have less and less effect um, we would spend a lot of money digitally today. Um, we spend uh, um, that in a few different ways. So one is, you know, doing things digitally that uh, that allow the customer to find us. So search is big, um, and search is really big because people are out doing a lot of homework digitally. So you can kind of serve up some ads that way while they're doing that homework. But once they know what they want, they tend to be out searching to find exactly that piece of inventory. So whether it's a new or used vehicle. 
And so we need to make sure that we're there in that search uh, category. So we spend a lot of time, a lot of effort designing that and spending a lot of money making sure we're focused on the key search things that, that we know drive customers to us. The other area that we've just really explored uh, and, and are spending a fair amount of money in is social. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of sign on for. You uh, are doing lots of stuff. Uh, I'm not a huge Facebook user myself. My kids are. I am kind of on it. I'm looking at it. But I do find myself getting annoyed when I'm served up ads on Facebook now. And so we've taken a real approach to serving up information uh, on Facebook that might be unique and interesting twist to the car business, but also things that our own customers uh, may be interested in. And so one of the things that we've done most recently was um, the lady that heads that up for us is Amanda Aho, and she uh, met with someone from SGI who's head of their you know, seatbelt safety and those kinds of things, and they just did a piece on uh, child seat safety. Well... You know, wasn't funny, but hugely informational, and it uh, received uh, just huge amounts of of likes. But more importantly, received a huge amount of shares. And so for us, it's it's likes are great, and it's always nice to have someone saying they like you or get comments. But when someone will take the time to then share that with their Facebook friends, that's where we know that we're getting to the sweet spot of that. So we're we're really trying to not be a salesman uh, dealership on Facebook or you know, Snapchat or any of those other things, we're really trying to provide, uh, we think, things that have the customer either bring a smile to their face, that are unique, that they want to watch, or really informational pieces. And we know that we're making inroads there when they're sharing. Now, how is that going to turn into more car sales? Well, we hope, you know business-wise, that people think better of us. It's it's that we're top of their mind. They're thinking that they need a new windshield. Oh, geez, I should go to get it at Bennett, or I need to buy a new car. I should go visit them. So it's, it, to me, is becoming kind of the brand uh, play as opposed to where maybe radio and TV were a great way to get uh, a brand out. I think uh, social is a really great way to get brand out. And it's you're not spending money today on the uh, the media per se. You're spending it on people, and so that's what we've also noticed. We we actually spend less money on the actual medias that we're at play at because digitally it's pretty inexpensive. Um, but it costs way more because you need way more people now to actually create all that content. And uh, so we've built our own team in-house because of the amount of content that we're actually building. And uh, and we're even finding it doesn't have to be perfect. Like it doesn't even have to be that polished TV spot or that polished radio spot. It actually has to be more natural. Uh, the consumer actually wants to see it real, see it live. And, uh, and we're actually seeing they get a kick out of watching all the bloopers on Facebook as much as they like watching the Facebook posts. So it's, it's fun because I know I'm just watching and, and seeing some of the stuff that Amanda and your team have put together. It uh, it seemed like such a natural progression for Bennett Dunlop and for you because I think back to when you introduced things like your cafe or even your child play center. It was like, well, how what's the return on investment there? You really don't can't measure it, but it is that philosophy of of driving change. I think so, and I think more importantly, it. Uh, it just ho- shows our humanness with the fact that we're trying to make people's lives better when they're actually having to do something that they really don't like to do. And, and it would be high on the list that people don't really love going out and buying the car. They might like getting the new car. They just don't like the experience of getting the new car. And, uh, you know, no one loves coming in and paying for a big service bill or getting in an auto body accident. But um, so how do we make those experiences more pleasant so that the consumer thinks of us first? 
and then comes back and does that. And I think that's all marketing. For sure. Yeah. You know? And then how, um, wh- where did the decision come to build this team as opposed to, uh, I don't know, hire someone out to, to come in or, and do that for you? Yeah, you know, we've had, uh, we've fought over the years. Uh, I've, you know, been uh, now here almost 20 years. And uh, we've used um, agencies all the way through that. Um, and we've uh, always latched on to people within agencies that uh, knew us better and knew our brand better. So we tended to move a little bit based on where people were. And as you know, David, you and I have worked together in the past and, uh, and had great success. So we find ourselves today using um, an agency to help us with a little bit with strategic direction and and helping with some overall components that we need at at what we call the highest level. And then because our business moves so much and we really need to be on ground, we tried social media from a third party before and you got lots of companies out there that's tried to supply the automotive industry from all over North America with all kinds of pieces. But until we hired Amanda and brought her in-house, got her to be a part of our team, spend a little time, our stuff now has a feeling of our team. And you just can't get that third party. So we think that's really important. Um, We also think that our creative um, team digitally and doing the other things are able to to have a, fl- a flavor for our business because they work here. And, uh, you know, they're not the highest, longest serving, most experienced people. We tend to find them a little younger, they're a little bit greener, but then we use the agency again to kind of give us uh, what we would call the guidelines. And then we really try and talk about that on a regular basis that try and keeps within those guidelines um, so that it keeps it a little more on task. So, you know, we probably are, um, you know, really working what I would say a bunch of different angles to have people within our team so they know us, they understand us, and they feel like they're part of our team, which we think gives us a better um, creative, better marketing tools as they um, go more and more digital because it's it needs to be built all the time. And, you know, to try and employ an agency to build all those tools on a regular basis, which almost becomes daily, I think is really difficult for them to even be able to support that, where they can really support us strategically, higher level stuff, give us some, you know, give us that framework that we can work within in that sandbox, I guess, and and try and stay inside those barriers. Well, even the immediacy of, um, you know, social, especially, it's it's that being able to respond quickly to different things or, you know, come up with, with ideas on on the fly, I'm sure uh, that that has a lot to do with it too. Absolutely, and uh, you know, even uh, like we still play in radio a bit. Uh, we don't do very much TV uh, anymore. It's uh, it's still you know the price of that for me based on what you're getting today. I mean, I even look at my own TV watching habits, and uh, I mean everything's PVR'd or you're watching it from an iPad or mm-hmm. you know I don't even I don't even wait for the TV shows anymore. I, I actually like them to be all on my iPad. I can download <laughs> the whole season, watch it all in four days, right? So it's funny just how you're changing, but. Um, you're right. We need to be faster, respond quicker. We need to be able to uh, move much faster in a digital world, and and especially on social. Um, Amanda's capturing stuff on a daily basis, and then filtering it through to go what what would resonate great with the viewers that we have. And you know, we used to go from like we're we're getting like thousands and thousands of of likes, and we're getting hundreds of shares, and that used to be you know, you know, tens to hundreds of likes and maybe, you know, two shares. And so we really know that it's made a real big difference over the last four to five months of having someone really dedicated from the social side. We'll soon find out as our business grows, 
from that because it's a it's still hard to measure whether those people like I think they're feeling good about our business, but then how do you how do you actually move that to some transactions? I think it's it's uh, it's no different. You need to have faith in the fact that you're putting your brand out there in a way that's uh, respected and people are going to like. And I think when people like you, I think they'll come in and give you a chance to do business. So one thing that you're um, uh, that I I, I really um I guess respect about you is that you try these things and you commit to them for a while. How long do you think you'll, um, not that, you know, you even know that answer, but, um, how long would you maintain something like this before you go? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good question. Um, I think we will, I think we go into this stuff because the person that we're trusting to kind of help us, uh, strategically paints a picture that we kind of go, Oh, we never really thought of that. And so it, it allows us to really jump and we will spend money on things like that. Um, but I think you have to give this kind of stuff, um, time and I don't think you can give it months. I think you've got to give it, you know, well into a year or more where you can actually start to see something. Cause people that are looking at that stuff today might not be in the marketplace today necessarily for a, a new automobile or to get some auto body work done. And, and our service business, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, we don't, we don't think we're going to attract a non-Ford, uh, you know, driver to our service department. We do, but we're, it's not what our expectation is. So, you know, we're really trying to, um, the whole social side of things is how do we connect better with our current customers? How do we get them to share with their friends what it is that they have going with us that maybe their friends don't have uh, with their local supplier? And how do we get those friends to, to actually give us a try? We think that's money well spent and it's targeted and it's good. Because the last time I uh, looked at a restaurant, I was going, hey, has anybody been to this place? For sure. And it was my friends that were telling me that, yeah, they had and what the experience was like. That's, I think, the world we're living in today is it's so immediate to have referral business where in the past... You know, if someone liked you, they might tell one or two people. If they didn't like you, they'd tell 10. Uh, we now find that if they like you, they're actually telling all their friends and family, which could be, you know, tens of tens, right? And uh, maybe 50 to 100 people. And if they don't like you, they're also sharing that. But what's nice is on a digital standpoint, from a marketing perspective, if they don't like you, you know right away and you can actually do something about it. Where in the past, people could badmouth you and you really didn't know that was happening. Nor did you have a chance to actually respond or correct the bad mouth because in a lot of cases it's just a miscommunication or misunderstanding it's really not that it was a certainly from our perspective we don't go out trying to give people bad experiences right so yeah. this this allows us to be able to tackle something that we might not even known that we've done one last question i had and that is uh there's still a lot of people that would say oh it's a free space like you're on facebook that's there's no cost there or low cost what's your philosophy there because facebook has become a bit of a pay to play um, area and have you are you budgeting a certain amount are you budgeting to promote posts or is it strictly organic and yeah another good question i think today um it it is kind of free space although you're right you're now able to you know i think it's like anything right the minute they figure out how to drive some (laughs) revenue they're all over it but uh we're really trying to make that move as organically as we can we are we are paying for certain things that we think um that there's a fair amount of value that we're trying to get a bit of a bump on or get a try and get that share to happen so we are doing a bit of both how do we budget for that you know it's 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 like you're a little like throwing a bit of a dart against the wall. It's like, okay, well, let's try, you know, let's put a thousand bucks against that and let's see what that works like mm-hmm. and what does that do from some 
from that we weren't spending anything before. If it's anything like what we're spending with digital now, it's kind of like, you know, you start out really small and now your budget's kind of consumed about 60 to 70% of that, of the actual buy. But what we're factoring in today is the fact that it takes a lot more people to make this go. And so that's becoming its own budget where this marketing budget used to kind of be how you deployed uh, just in medias. Now it's deployment of medias and it's deployment of people. And so we're, you know, we're not spending any less money today than we were uh, uh, years ago. We're actually probably spending a tad more. We're just spending it differently. Yeah. Well, it's always great to talk to you and I enjoy um, following uh, the, the, the work that you're doing now socially. It's, it's really, uh, it is really entertaining and uh, informative. So appreciate that. And we'll continue to look for that. Thank you very much for your, for your time today. Thanks, David. It's been great. And that's episode one. Thank you so much for listening. And please send me any feedback or any suggestions. I'd love to hear from you or questions. You can hook up with me on Twitter at David Bellarive. Drop me an email, dbellarive at thephoenixgroup.ca. Or, of course, on LinkedIn or Facebook. Our theme music is written and produced by Six Degrees in Calgary. Talk to you next week. <laughs>